We at Refuge Ministries are so blessed by the success of Refuge Freedom Stories and podcasts. In addition, we focus on youth prison ministry, release kits, and many other diverse outreaches to the needs of our community. As a nonprofit, there are many costs involved, however, and we are asking for your support. Financial gifts can be made via our website at www.refugeministriescanada.com or by calling 519-701-0108. Your giving makes this work possible, and we thank you in advance for your support. God bless you. Welcome to Refuge Freedom Stories. I'm your guest host, Johnny T, and my guest today is Jonathan Drayton. Jonathan, like most of us, had aspirations to know what his purpose would be in life. And in college, he triple majored in philosophy, history, and political science. Yet he found he had a hard time applying God's word to everyday life. He loves Jesus and loves to unpack the word of God through these perspectives and evaluate how we can use the word of God to maneuver through life. Jonathan, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. And I want to, you know, first and foremost, I want to say that I'm a fan of the show. I'm also a subscriber. So anyone that's listening, either for the first time or you've been an avid listener, I want to say you've got a great host here. You've got a great show. Yeah, I much appreciate it. It's all God's work. You know, we're just the vessels, right? Your question there about finding purpose in life. It's interesting because over the last month or so, I've talked to a bunch of people and it seems to be a recurring theme coming up, you know, and it's a difficult question. Everybody has that question. Everybody wants to feel like they're going to achieve something in life, that they have a purpose in life. So how did that start for you? Like what kind of kicked that off in your life and how was your faith journey a part of that? First, I want to say, you know, I was raised Christian, but as I went to college, I still had this burning desire to figure out exactly what I wanted to be. For the most part in high school, I was an athlete, so I played football and I also ran track. And passion for both those things, it brought something that I didn't have, you know, that much in, in high school. Community, relationships, you know, long-term relationships. There's some relationships I still have, but we have great communication. And it also taught me discipline and it taught me the understanding of what it's like to work around other people and also work as a team for the greater good. That it's not a single individual that's successful, but it's really built around a team aspect, a team agenda. So that was one thing I learned about it. But I knew going into college that even though that's one of the things I wanted to do, I wanted to be an NFL football player. That was my dream. That was my aspirations. I knew I still had to go in the classroom and study something. So one of the subjects that I studied was history. So I had a desire to want to learn, you know, the different history elements that you know, take part of how our society is shaped and fashioned and how things have became what they were. And that was something that I strived and I wanted to understand. And then I also gravitated towards philosophy and political science. Now, philosophy played a huge role in how I became God's to my love and desire for God and also love and desire to learn and have great conversations with people. Some of the jobs I was a part of or that I was pursuing admired those that studied in the philosophy department. It shows your ability to think, critical thinking, also how you can apply things and take things from every 
everyday life and situations and applying the work environment. So that was something else that I gravitated toward. But it was something that I admired from Aristotle, who said, at the intersection lies your gifts, talents, and abilities, and there lies your purpose. So there was something about reading that in the philosophy class that stirred me up, that had me realize that, hey, partner that up with God. I believe God has equipped us to be successful in an arena, whatever we gravitate towards, whether that's professionally or whether that's a desire or a passion that you had. And I realized too that, you know, studying all these different philosophical thoughts and ideas that were centered around to some extent, a little bit of selfishness. I knew that that wasn't the permanent goal, at least in life. Yes, this desire to flourish was important, but how can I translate this and partner it up with scripture? So one of the titles that I began titling myself for me was a Christian philosopher, right? So I'm a follower of Christ first. And then the second desire that I have is philosophy. Now, philosophy is defined as a lover of wisdom. And then in the book of Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10, it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Now, I can understand people reading that, they might have this struggle with understanding, well, why does it say the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom? So one of the things that I've learned over time was to embrace and accept the original writing of the Bible. And that word fear there means reverence. So reverence for something or for someone. So technically, the fear of the Lord is to have reverence for God. And going back to the original statement I made about philosophy and how that coincides with Christianity is that to me, God's word is the inherent inspired word of God. It's my mm-hmm. foundation. It's what I believe wholeheartedly. I believe God and his word is one and the same. He sounds exactly like what was written. That was done by the inspired writers of the Bible and the authors of the Bible. And therefore, I believe that logic itself is actually fashioned and rooted in scripture. In the book of Isaiah, it said, come, let us reason together. So there's an, there's an understanding that our ability to reason also, while understanding and acknowledge of God, can coincide with one another. So they don't have to be diametrically opposed, and they don't have to be mutually exclusive. So they can be partnered together. So once I understood that and I had a foundation, because philosophers like to think outside the box. Mm-hmm. They like to think about things that are operating within a mindset that is strictly based upon what they can think of. And they view Christianity as a limited source. Now, of course, we believe God is limitless and our faith allows us to operate in realms with things and his ability to make happen for us. You know, when it says in the book of Ephesians that he can do all things exceedingly and be abundantly beyond whatever we think or imagine. That's actually attached to the fact that we are connected with Christ. We are connected with God. And therefore, things that seem impossible become possible. But that's all because of the relationship that we have with God. So it was through that understanding for me, once I started reading scripture and started unpacking things, and one of the things that had a very philosophical tone was in the Gospel of John chapter 15, it speaks about how Jesus says God is the garden or the vine cutter, and that he's the vine, and that we are the branches. Apart from him, we can do nothing. So it shows that element that in order to be attached and to bear much fruit, we have to stay within the vine. Once the branch is cut off from the vine, it dies. So we get this misconception or, you know, a philosopher once said that God is dead. They're not realizing that, hey, it's this connection that you have with God that allows you to live and everything else to function and to operate. And the further you are away, the more darkness you enter. So it was these ideas that I stumbled across and philosophy opened my world and my worldview to how God operates, the way that he expresses himself, the way that we are created, the Imago Dei in his image. A switch went off and then I got very passionate and really into reading his word. There's a lot there and, and what you just talked about. I think it was Nitschke that said that yeah, God, God is dead. dead. But guess what? When he goes stand before God, God's going to say, hey, guess what? I'm the one that's alive <laughs> and you're dead, man. You know, yeah. so a big abrupt <laughs> reply to him, right? 
And you talked about philosophers as being intellects that like to think outside the box. And I think part of the problem with Christianity today is that it's too religious. It's too steeped in traditions and not not that there's anything wrong with the right truth, mm-hmm. but like, you know, there's a legalism that's crept into the church. And when I look at, you know, the things going on in Asprey and Kentucky and now down in Louisiana and this outpouring of Holy Spirit and revival beginnings, God says, I'm not, you can't contain me in a box. I can do whatever I want. And if we're bound by those kind of historical tenets, that can be a real risk to our growth in Christ. I'm 100% in agreement with you. God's word is infallible. It will never pass away. We're going to pass away. Heaven and earth are going to pass away, but God's word will never pass away. And one of the biggest things that I've been consumed with lately is that God is. He is. So it doesn't matter what we're going through. God is. He is. That's all you need to know about God. And then he'll never fit that into a box. How could you possibly fit he is? into a box. Yeah. You know, another term, I am that I am, right? And the fancy way is they, they say, never try to anthropomorphize God. So to anthropomorphize God is to limit what he is, but we know that he's limitless and that he reaches far beyond and everything that's done. You know, when we look at the three different words to try to characterize God, right? Omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent. It's this understanding that nothing ever occurs to God, right? That's right, <laughs> that yeah. <laughs> if you think something occurs to God, that he can't be who he is. There's this scenario that I learned when I actually took a class to understand spiritual warfare. One of the most inspirational and well-known board games is chess. And when it comes to different moves that you make on a chessboard, there's infinite amount of choices and outcomes that can come on a chessboard. Mm-hmm. Imagine God having an infinite amount of ideas and choices that could be made based upon a decision you make. And because we know in Romans 8, 28, all things work together who love the Lord and afford according to his purpose. God has shaped and fashioned different decisions that you make that will still put you on a path to where he wants you to be. And when you start to understand who God is, that he's a big guy, he's not a little God. And the things that we ask for, we have to understand when Jesus said, ask anything in my name. And if it's according to my will, I would do, we have to get a real understanding on how infinite and how beautiful and how great God can be in moving in the direction to bless you and to make sure that you represent him and that you're doing things in a design for the growth of the kingdom of God. So I've always came to that realization that when I go to pray every night and I go to speak to my heavenly father, I realized that he understands, right? Jesus said that he understands and knows everything that you're going through before you even ask him. And therefore, one of the things that I've learned about power of prayer is sometimes being able to elevate your mind based upon the circumstances that you're dealing with. So the circumstances should not limit your desire to communicate with God, but instead, sometimes praying and talking to God and reciting scripture is reminding yourself of the encouragement and the help that you need in that moment, right? Because we know God his word breathes light into us and into our situations. And sometimes we need a portion of scripture to remind us and put us in our right mind to attack each and every day appropriately and attack each and every day as if we you know that what more than conquerors, right? That nothing that we go through is past what God knows that we can handle. And I think if we look at life that way and we look at the relationship with God that we have, notice I said relationship, right? That's yeah. extremely important because I know, like That's you said, it's, it's this religious aspect that people have 
that, yes, the Judaic belief system was structured around religion and law and understanding those values. But when Christ came, and, and I love it in First John, when it speaks about, you know, this fellowship that we have, we want to invite you to, right, so that you can also be a partaker of this fellowship. And that fellowship is the type of relationship that we all have with God. And whatever you pour into that relationship is whatever it produces. So if you're praying and you're constantly in communication with God, you want to make sure God says, well done, good and faithful servant. Not that he says, depart from me, I never knew you. So the real question is, are you taking the time to read your Bible every day? Are you taking the time to read scripture to get to know him through it? Are you taking the time to fellowship with other believers, you know, doing Matthew 25 or truly expressing uh, Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 through 8 about what love is? Are you really yeah. doing these things? And I think if you are, then you're really appreciating and taking serious what God has called us to do. And that's ambassadors and representatives. Those are just some of the things I'm thinking about. Yeah, absolutely. And there's a lot there to unpack as you've talked about. And thinking back just quickly to that chess game, you know, we think, oh, yeah, I'm going to make this move. Well, guess what? God already knew you were going to make that move. <laughs> he already knew that. So yeah. like, you're never, you're never mm. going to beat him at that, right? You know, it's kind of funny mm. when you think of it that way. But mm. the thought that I had a little while ago when I was looking back over my life, and I'm like you, like I believe in God having a purpose for each of us. And our purpose is to glorify him through the gifts and the talents and the abilities that he's already given to us before we were even formed in our mother's womb, right? Yeah. So we already knew who he was going to pick to be our parents. He knew we were going to grow up. He knew all the successes and failures we were going to have before we met him, after we met him, like all of those things, all those choices we make. He says, yeah, I knew you were going to do that. And because you did that, this is going to happen. And, but yet I'm going to bring it back or whatever, you know? And it's just like, I was reading yesterday about John the Baptist and they came and they said, who are you? And he says, I'm the fulfillment of Isaiah the prophet. I'm here to tell you about the one that's coming. And it just struck me that here's a guy who knew not only what his purpose was, but he knew that it was God-given. He knew that he was fulfilling God's will exactly with what he was doing and the way he was living his life and what he was telling people. And I thought to myself, that's where I want to be. That's yeah. exactly where I want to be walking in. I don't want to walk meandering, trying to figure things out and stuff. I want to walk in God's purpose and know that I'm walking in God's purpose every single day that I breathe. Because when I go and stand before God, I want her to say, well done, good and faithful servant. And I agree wholeheartedly with you about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I think one of the things that I struggled with is that I, I was trying to understand how can I hear God's voice, right? That was what the biggest thing is because growing up, you, you sort of see the charismatic movement and you see the different movements of the Holy Spirit, whether it's in services and just the language confused me, at least when I first started being a believer. Oh, God told me this, told me that. And if I'm being frank, when I know I hear God's voice, it's in the scriptures that I read that he reminds me of when I need it the most, right? And and one of the things that I admired about what Jesus said in his discussions with his disciples, he says that if you come and you'll be arrested and you'll be called before the judges and be called before the courts, mm -hmm. he says the Holy Spirit, the comforter that he talks about that he we must have and explains why he must go so that we must receive it will remind you of the verse that you need to know. And I started realizing, OK, one of the most important things I need to do is I need to start reading God's word. I need to start getting personal with it. And therefore, when things occur, I know how I ought to respond. And one of the verses that hit me was in the book of James where it says, be quick to listen slow to speak, slow to become angry because human anger is not the righteousness that God our Father desires. That verse changed my life. And it changed my life because it gave me the language that I needed to understand that if I'm interacting with people, you don't fight fire with fire or insult with insult. But what it is, is that the way you respond to others can lower the temperature of the disagreement or the interaction that you have with someone. 
And then I had to understand the importance of suffering, right? And then I brought me to the book of James, where it says, consider pure joy when you face trials and tribulations to know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish his work so you may be mature and complete and not lacking anything. If anyone lacks anything, let them ask God who gives it generously without finding fault. And I came to Romans chapter 5, verse 3 through 5, where it says, in your suffering, rejoice in your suffering because it produces perseverance and character produces hope. And hope is not put to shame because the Holy Spirit's been poured out onto us. So when you start reading those things and it starts becoming part of you, I realized that the more and more I wanted to read God's word, the more I wanted to become a part of me and therefore I'll be equipped to go out into the world and represent God in the right way and handle things the right way, the godly way, the, the approach the way I feel like God would be proud of me, right? And I had to throw away some of the humanistic perspectives or the human ideas and the ideologies that I grew up with and I had to replace them. So it was kind of like throw away, replace, throw away, replace. And that took time and that's a progress that I'm thankful for God for, right? These things really started shaping and molding in me and changing the way that I approached my relationship with God, right? When Paul says, think about such things that are true, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy, right? These different ideas kind of help you set your day, helps you set your thought process. And I think once you get in the habit of that, you start to see that there's just a people around you that notice the change, not just yourself. Mm -hmm. And I believe that that's all part of the Holy Spirit and God and Christ making home with inside of you to change your reality and how you see the world. Yeah, I think a lot of that goes back to what you were talking about. The real meaning of the word fear being reverence, reverence of God, love of God, things like that. And I remember reading a scripture late last year, and Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. There's so much victory in that statement alone, because it's a true measure of, are we really in a love relationship with Jesus? Or are we just doing it with our mind, like in a religious way? Like the battles that people face, addictions people face, all that kind of stuff. If they really love Jesus, they're going to keep his commandments. And he says, don't do those things, right? You're not going to do those things, not because you can't, or not because it's the wrong thing to do, but because you love God. And when you're walking in that kind of relationship with God, it changes everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And more importantly, so back in the gospel, John 15, he says, they will know you are my disciples based upon how you love one another. Right. Mm -hmm. But there's the standard when he says, I give you a new command. He said, love your neighbor or love your brothers and sisters as I have loved you. So I always realized that Jesus came to do things. He, for one, he came to show us what love is all about, because mm -hmm. we know that there's no greater love than to sacrifice one life for one's friends. And that goes back to that relationship thing. And Christ said when he was talking to his disciples, he said, a father or a son does not tell his business. But he said, you know the business that I have to share with you. And then he also spoke about giving his life up for one's friend. So he considers us friends. Yeah. So here is a God that used you as a friend. And part of the attachment is to be obedient, right? But that obedience can bring about so much success in your life. And I love it in the Amplifier. He said, blessed and happily favored are those who hear my word and continually observe it. So there's the attachment of that Matthew 7, 7, asking you shall receive, seeking you will find, knocking the door will be open to you, that keep on asking, that keep on seeking, that continuation process of your desire to keep on doing these things, I believe does guarantee not only the favor, but these people that remove themselves out of God's favor. God doesn't do that. His favor has always been there. Mm -hmm. It's your consciousness to think that removing yourself out of this favor, all of a sudden you still get favor. 
God still favors you. The thing is, is that if you want your relationship to grow, it's hinging on staying attached to him, as I spoke to you earlier, staying a part of the vine. And when you cut yourself off from that and you cut yourself off from the life source, you know, eventually you're going to pass. You're going to die. I think more and more people need to realize that this relationship and everything changed on its belief in Jesus Christ, right? And he, he said that that's the greatest testimony that there ever was. It's the testimony about his son who has came and has revealed to us who God is and has shown love for us beyond what we can even try to measure. I, I just love the fact that, you know, God's desire and love for us is free. It's not a price on it. The question is, are you going to accept that love that's there or are you going to drift away and think that that source of love is somewhere else? Yeah. And God says in his word that he's no respecter of persons and then he's not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. So that Amen. love that you're talking about that he has for us as believers, he also lays that out for everybody to be a mm -hmm. part of. But mm -hmm. we all have our free will, right? To make that choice. And even after we've given our hearts to the Lord, we still have to daily, as you said, make that choice to spend quality time with God and get to know him and have a conversation like you and I are having with God. Like that was something that was just eye-opening to me last year in my prayer life. It just changed my whole prayer life. When I stopped trying to go through my list of prayers and things like that, but just to talk to God and say, God, like I'm really frustrated today, you know, like something didn't go right and I'm, I'm mad about it or whatever. And God likes that. He, he loves that because we're just being honest with him. And that's what we really need to be. Amen. Amen. Yeah. And another element about the aspect of love is one of the ways I started realizing when it comes to love, I remember remember this passage in Judges with Gideon and Gideon is complaining about all that has happened to his ancestors. And one of the things God says is, am I not sending you to address those? I think sometimes when it comes to us understanding love, we have to learn the two most important commandments that Jesus spoke about is to love your neighbor as yourself and to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, strength. People don't realize that it doesn't say love yourself first. It says love God first. And I think people miss out on the fact that when you love God first, he can love through you. And, and mm -hmm. 1 John talks about that. And I had to realize that part of loving others is if someone is hungry, get them something to eat. That's God loving through you. Someone is thirsty, get them something to drink. If someone is in jail, go visit them. And I've done that sometime where I had a friend, then he was locked up. And I said, what, what can I do? And, I, and I, he was like, I, I need you to write a letter of recommendation. Talk about my experience and how you've known me. I said, what else can I do? And he was like, well, I, I need you to, to come to the hearings. I did all these different things. And then when he got sentenced for a year, I wrote him back and forth. And then at one point I went to visit him. And these are some of the things that give people hope mm -hmm. in their darkest places, you know, when mm -hmm. we're, we're trying to show what God's love is all about. So he may not know what God's love is if you don't have the ability. And if you see a brother or sister in need, how can you say that you have the love of God in you if you're not moving and acting on some of these things? Mm -hmm. So Matthew 25 spoke values to me. Same thing. If I need, see someone that's hungry, you know, if we all did a little bit, no one would have to do too much. Last time, a couple of weeks ago, it was freezing, man. This guy was asking me for a dollar, and I knew that's not enough. And I said, hey, get get in my car. I'll drive you right to the pizza shop. I'll buy you two slices of pizza and, and, and something to drink. And, and he's talking about how the shelter food's not good. And he's talking about all these different things. And I say, you know, for the time being, let me do this for you. So at least you can experience. And he got in the car and talked about how hot it was. So we take for granted some of the things we go about and doing as if it's 
it's just nothing. And we don't realize that there's so many people out there that don't even get that experience. And they're just thankful for those little things. And that's what we can do as followers of Christ. Give them a, what it's like to be loved. Uh, let Christ love through you. And sometimes it's being able to do that for other people that need it. Amen. So just as we're getting close to the end here, if you were going to say one thing about God to that person you come across or somebody that you know that doesn't know God, I would tell them that God is patient. God is kind. He's not envious, not bold, he's not proud. I would try to get him to see the, the patience that Christ has. And I believe that that's exactly who God is. He's all those things and more, right? He's unlimited. His unlimited favor can be experienced in, in moments and times when you think it's not possible. And he makes the things that are impossible possible. So I would speak those characteristics about God. And I would tell them that to go seek God personally. And I would tell them that if this is some of the things you love and you appreciate it, and maybe you don't even love yourself, I believe that Christ is out there and he can give you that and more. And you can start to see the value of yourself, you can start to see how you matter and not only how you matter, but how God sees you. You know, we're all created in the image of God, the Imago Day, mm -hmm. and you deserve dignity and you deserve respect. And that's what I would tell Amen. Amen to that. Now, I know that you have your own podcast, Truth of the yes. Matter Is, and tell us briefly what that's all about and also how people can reach out to you, find you. Yeah, so the Truth of the Matter Is podcast was born just on the fact that I realized that a lot of these different schools of thought are rooted in scripture, and it's also political science as well. And I, what I wanted people to see is that this ancient book, this old book, that's the most old book in America, that is changing lives. If you want to get to know who God is and know his story more, right? I believe the Bible does that. I believe the Bible is the inherent word of God. And therefore, I want more of us as believers to be, you know, more educated and sound and have a basic hermeneutics when it comes to reading the Bible and reading things in context and having great discussions and just having an open forum to be able to see how these things are much more relatable than we think and how we can apply it so that you can get to know God more. And that's kind of what the podcast is all about. Cool. Now, if somebody wants to reach out to you, how can they uh, get in touch with you? Yeah, so there's three ways. There's my Instagram page called The Truth of TMIS, and it's all together. You can also reach me on a Facebook group called I'm a Believer. Finally, I'm not on such a high horse where I can't be reached. And maybe there's something you disagree with or maybe something that you want to speak about, you want to talk about, because I usually respond within the same day. So my email address is speed, S-P-E-E-D, and then it's E-D at the end of that. So speed it, 83 at gmail.com. And I will respond at my earliest convenience. And Very cool. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure talking with you about the characteristics of God and finding purpose and all those great things. Thanks so much for being on the show. It's been a blast. Thank you so much for having me. God bless. God bless you too.
I hope that you have enjoyed the last half hour as much as I did. Thank you again to Refuge Ministries Canada for hosting the show. So until next Friday, may God richly bless you with peace, love, and happiness. We at Refuge Ministries are so blessed by the success of Refuge Freedom Stories and podcasts. In addition, we focus on youth prison ministry, release kits, and many other diverse outreaches to the needs of our community. As a nonprofit, there are many costs involved, however, and we are asking for your support. Financial gifts can be made via our website at www.refugeministriescanada.com or by calling 519-701-0108. Your giving makes this work possible, and we thank you in advance for your support. That's 519-701-0108. God bless you.